Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... OK, Luca, can you say... Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. Well done. And can you say Josh Widdicombe? Josh Widdicombe. Oh, well done, mate. Probably one of the most uh, accurate we've ever received, right? Is that Robbie Williams? <laughs> sounds like Robbie Williams. That is Kevin Siborski and his son, Luca. Luca Siborski. Oh, my God. I swear Harry Redknapp's already signed in for Portsmouth. <laughs> Lucas Siborski, what a name! Luke Siborski would be uh, signed by Arsene Wenger, played three games, but then went to Italy and suddenly got amazing. Yeah, or a Bond villain, but I don't know if that's my sort of Eastern Europe Hollywood prejudice coming out that I've just been brought up yeah. on those surnames being the baddies. Either way, for a Bond villain or an Arsenal player, his English is superb. How old's Luca? Three! No way! Wow. So, I've got a very funny story to start the podcast, Rob. Oh, good. That's yep. that's what we're here for. That's our stock and trade. It's an image. It's a funny image. Okay. I mean, I'd argue we get away with stuff that isn't funny some weeks, you know, just talking about different pop. Mate, <laughs> we absolutely are stealing a living here. <laughs> but we're consistent. We're consistent. You know what you're going to get every week. We turn up when you're on your walk or whatever you're doing or on your drive. You're probably doing something as boring as what we're talking about doing. No one's doing anything interesting. Someone gave me grief the other day for I'd been doing loads of Instagram stories of like that reface app thing. And I was like, oh, a bit bored of that, mate. And I was like, I've got nothing else to put on there. I've done nothing. Just, you know, surely my face on the face of Taylor Swift something, isn't it? What do these people want? It's a, it's a bit of hashtag content, isn't it, Rob? It's a hashtag content. It's keeping, you know, keeping all the Zuckerberg happy. I've, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I've got my reach and my impressions. I don't even know what that means. No. My reach. I've reached a million people this week, Josh. Have you? Yeah, with my face on Pam Randerson's tits. Well, there you go. And I, yeah. I, I imagine she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting there with your reach. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, Josh. What, what's your story? Come on, give it so to my me. My friend, uh, Magali, she uh, she has a daughter who's... Magali, Magali. Magali, French, Rob. French. Look at you in East London, all French. Exactly. So her daughter, her daughter is 17. She's uh, she's autistic, right? And Magali, uh, she loves Father Christmas, right? So right. she... Well, the daughter, the 17-year-old daughter. Yeah. And Magali saw what she got as her uh, mobile phone wallpaper. So she'd just, um, she, she just Google image Father Christmas and put it on her mobile phone without understanding what the actual image was. So she just thought it was a lovely image of Father Christmas. I'll send it across to you now. Okay, cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking hell. That, that is absolutely insane. <laughs> Do you want to describe what you're looking at? 
Okay, so obviously the seventeen-year-old's autistic, and she's googled this and just picked the first one. Yeah. So what I'm looking at here is it's a um, sort of a, a, an illustration of Father Christmas's back, yeah. um, and all coloured in with red and the white and the, and the black belt, and then you sort of see Merry Christmas at the top, and then where his sack of presents would be, um, they've they've cut out of the paper a hole, and a gentleman's popped his bollocks through. <laughs> So this seventeen-year-old girl's got a photo of, 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 of who of, we don't know who's bollocks pretending to be Father Christmas's sack, and bless her, she's probably not aware of this, is she? She's no, she obliviously. Did. So they they swiftly changed her uh, phone image oh. to, to one of the family. That is so uh, sweet. She, she, one of the family. You can't just pop another pair of bollocks through. <laughs> Parabolics is a bloodline doesn't mean it's okay. Uh, so they swiftly changed her image to like a nice image of her, I think of her dad and brother, and um, she didn't really understand why she couldn't have that image. But um, it is astonishing, isn't it? It's, it, it's remarkable because it is so subtly disgusting. Yeah, you know, because if you quickly looked at it, you, you just think obviously that's just a sack, and you'd be right. Yeah, but it's um, a ball sack, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's horrible. Have you ever played a game called Cock or Ball? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever played it, but I'm aware of it. It's a bit of a rugby lad sort of thing, isn't it? It's yeah. very boisterous. Where if a group of lads are out and about, and then or in a house pie or whatever, one of the lads would grab their genitalia and and sort of smush it up, and you just see a bit of it, and you'd have to guess whether it was a knob or bollock. This was surprised you. I wasn't really in with the rugby lads, Rob. No, not me neither. Not at all. I mean, I I only found out about this game through a rugby lad that was sort of part of our group, and he sort of he sort of introduced it, and we sort of played it for a bit, but then and we all sort of had a sort of silent meeting and agreed we don't really like this, and it didn't carry on. <laughs> And it wasn't like an outward stop doing that. It was a bit like, oh yeah, mate, I think it should, I think it should knob. And he wasn't really getting a vibe from it that we that he yeah, wanted. Yeah. So it sort of just petered out, really. <laughs> um, the rugby lads at my uni played a, you know, they do the initiation and stuff. Yeah. Like if I'd been brilliant at rugby, I still don't think I'd have wanted to play rugby. No, I I hate all of that boisterousness and that sort of peer pressure and you all have to do what everyone else does. I'm, you know, also, we're not really team players, are we, Josh? No. Do you know what I mean? As a stand-up, you just want to do what you want to do. But I got in, remember I got into the university football team at, Can- I went to Canterbury Uni. It, wasn't, it was like Canterbury Christchurch University College. It was it was ridiculous. I cannot believe they charged me fees, the same fees someone would pay at like Sheffield or Durham to go <laughs> to what was essentially it's just a sixth form but for three years. <laughs> Anyway, I got into that. It was like the shit, like the fifth or sixth team. We weren't very oh, high yeah. level. But I got into the team and I was like, yeah, cool. So basically, it's like you're in the team now. It's like pay 300 quid. And you've got to wear a suit every Monday and Wednesday night and you've got to go out on the piss with us. And then we play on play on a Wednesday afternoon. And I was like, I want to play football. I don't want like 12 new dickhead mates. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, and the vibe, the sports person banter is unacceptably low. And I can't survive in that atmosphere, Josh. No, I know. I can't. Ex- I can't accept it to the point where it's so low that when you are having a laugh, they they're, they're oblivious it's happening because they're like, "Well, I don't get why this is funny because I can't see his cock or ball." Well, we've all heard the Peter Crouch podcast, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but I would say though, the, but that's the thing because I've met a lot of fu- funny footballers and stuff yeah. like that. And they are funny, like Bullard and Crouch are really funny people. But what I would say is, though, they're treated like Richard Pryor sometimes yeah, among, yeah, yeah, among sports people. But that's because the base level of sports people is so low that they have got no idea what's going on. But, yeah, the, the football and rugby teams, I just couldn't really get on board with 
I don't want to be sick in a bucket and drink it. Oh, no. So, so rugby at uni, they had an initiation uh, where they'd be dropped off a mile from Manchester or wherever they, the end was, down the motorway, and they'd be allowed either their pants or their shoes, and that's all they'd be allowed. How is that going to help you if for a scrum? <laughs> what, sort of, what sort of training method is this? But it's, it's, that, it's that camaraderie. But then I don't really understand because you've got to rely on your team. I think there is a reason for it. It isn't just they're all nothing. Imagine if when you joined eight out of ten cats, Rob, Jimmy Carr had gone, right, we're all going to play cock or ball and then I'm going to drop you a mile from Pinewood Studios and you've got to run back in the nip. He, he hasn't got a cock or ball, though, has he? <laughs> he's so efficient, he's had it all removed. It's just a smooth hump so that he can get his suit on quickly for TV records. He's not. He, he is a man that produces TV. There's nothing else that happens. No. Um, but, yeah, I know I've never really given in to peer pressure. I've always sort of been like, no, I'm not doing that, which gets you excluded at the start, really. But I'd rather not do cock or ball. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've drunk up my shoe. Some stuff I will get on board with. Have you ever done a shoe, knee? No, but I'd be more than happy to drink out of my shoe, depending. Yeah. I'd be more concerned about damaging the shoe than I would about... <laughs> yeah. The, the rubber on my uh, on my Converse is going to get corroded by the sugar in this shot. <laughs> exactly. We, uh, exactly. For a pure liquid. I don't want a sticky shoe, Rob. You don't want a sticky shoe. Um, do you want some uh, exciting news that you already know? But is it exciting to the podcast listeners? Yeah, this is exciting news, but should I respond like I don't know? Yeah. Well, why don't you tell the news, Rob? No, I can't tell the news. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, Go on, Josh. What's happened this week that you want to talk about? Well, it's not this week, but no. I, I have a specific reason I'm slightly annoyed at the world reopening, Rob. Yes, yeah, so the world reopens from April the 12th, but properly it's sort of June May, June time. June, 20, June 21st is when the world reopens, essentially, for British people. Yes. So, in a, in a way to keep up the content of this podcast, I and my wife are having a second child, Rob. Yes, I know you are, Josh! Very exciting. You're going to have another baby! Yes! And I'm so excited for you, Josh. Are you excited for me, Rob? Or are you excited because you think this is going to be fucking hilarious for the next year? <laughs> you know the answer. I know the answer to that. I'm, hap- I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're having a kid, but if we weren't doing this podcast, I'd probably give it about a 30-second thought. I'd be like, oh... <laughs> Josh is having a kid. Lou would go, oh, that's lovely. I think that's a generous amount of time you're allowing there, Rob. Almost immediately. Then a few months later, I might send a text, yeah, you're getting on or whatever. But now we're doing this podcast because I was thinking the other day, I've got I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, right? And it is getting to the point now where it is getting a lot, lot easier. Like, compared to when they were like one and three, it's so much easier. To yeah, the this point isn't now, helping, Rob. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, but this is what I was saying. I was like, it's getting so much easier now. Obviously, stuff comes up with school and all things go on. But essentially, you can just put them in front of the telly. They go to school all week. And then the, the three-year-old's going to start going to school soon. So you've got loads of time back and stuff like that. And I was thinking, maybe, you know, once lockdown's over, the you know, and the podcast is a bit easier in the back. So there won't be much to talk about. But now you have just opened the gates of hell <laughs> and we have got at least, at least three to four years left of oh. horror show. And you might even go for a third. You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's your turn next, Rob, if you want to keep this podcast going. You've got to go in about three years. 
<laughs> do you like what? Well, yeah, exactly. We'll just keep having kids, yeah. just so we've got fresh content. But no, I'm I'm really excited for you, Josh, because I know you oh. wanted to have a second, and it's, you've had it. It's quite a nice gap as well between the yes. two kids, and it's a lovely summer birth. I'm not going to um, lie to you, Rob. Yeah, let's take it as red. Very excited, and to be honest. Part of me just wants to get on with it now. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, and I'd imagine a part of Rose really feels that way as well. Yeah, I'm sorry, I should, I should have rephrased. <laughs> how that. is Rose? We should ask this. It's more important rather than how yeah. are you. How is Rose? All right, she is fucking knackered. <laughs> and, but don't you know about it? Is that what you're <laughs> telling me? I tell you what, mate. <laughs> I feel like I've got pregnancy in the lug hole. <laughs> This has been a lot more trying than the first one for yes. her. I've added the words for her there to make clear what I meant by that sentence. Because it's difficult to know whether it's just because it is more difficult or also just the fact there's another child. You don't realise at weekends, the first time round, you were just able to just relax yes. and stuff like that. Lou found that as well. It's like where you are knackered after a day, you just go, oh, I'm just not going to do any more work. You lay on the sofa and order a takeaway or whatever. But there's literally the child there yeah. now. So it makes it much more difficult. Although, you know, she's still having a great time. I'm taking her to the tip after this. So we're, we're still having good family days out. What, Rose? We're all going <laughs> on a family trip to the tip. Yeah. I've got a dump permit, actually. I'm very excited about that. Um, I might I might have to start making some bins redundant if this dump. Trip <laughs> You've got ten bit ten bins and a and a dump. No, I've, got, I've got eight bins and a dump and a dump. Permit. I should before we carry on with the more yeah. important discussion of bringing life into the world. I should tie up <laughs> the bin saga. Oh yes, what's happened with the bins? So when the bins were being taken away last week, they came to get the recycling. I just thought I'm just going to do it. I went out there and I said to the bin man, "We haven't got a bin," and our lovely Hackney bin man. Just said that's fine. We'll get you. We'll get you a bin, and it just turned up yesterday. No way. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like the forties. Yeah, it was amazing. He managed to speak to a representative from the council, sorted something out. But he literally, he was taking the bin out, and he just, he said, "You haven't got a bin," and then he shouted to the driver of the the bin van or what they called bin lorry. He was like, "They haven't got a bin," and he went, <laughs> "What number are they?" And he said the number, and then he went, "We'll get you a bin." And then, it just, and then it was just there yesterday. Oh, wow. That is great service, Josh. So thank you to Hackney Council for that. And thank you to my bin men. Yeah. And if you do live near Josh, please nick that one as well. <laughs> we've we've absolutely painted our number on it, Rob, straight away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no messing. No, no messing. messing. So, well, so let's get back to the important news. Um, and do you know uh, the gender yet or is it going to be yes. a surprise? Yes. Um, I don't know whether I should say. Should I say? I think I'm fine to say. It's up to you. Well, because well, I sort of think it's weird, really, because it's sort of with our kids. You know, we, I don't. I I just don't do names, which I think. Yeah. Is, until they're old enough for them to understand what I do, I I want to get their permission to ask if I can say their name and put them on social media and things yeah. like that. But I think gender's fine. Well, I also I also think it's not going to change before the birth, so I can say, Rob, excitingly, particularly considering this podcast. It's a boy. Oh, that's great for content. We've needed that for this podcast, Rob. <laughs> we needed that. It's, it's a bit, you know what? It's a bit bird heavy, this show. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> Finally, we can talk about, you know, I think it'll be interesting. Finally, we can discuss pissing out of a penis. Exactly. Do you know what? I do think that the middle class white man hasn't had a voice. <laughs> and I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time. That we focus on the middle class white man. So it's good that you're having a boy, Josh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. How do you feel about that? A boy, I'm pleased, I'm excited. Yes. Um, 
I did ask my daughter yesterday when when Plymouth won four three with a last minute goal yesterday, right? Oh, what a, what a, what a time you're having I mean, <laughs> against Lincoln it's, as well. It's just absolute three nil, three nil, three nil for the winner comes at the moment. You got your bin. You've got a kid. It's crazy. And I said to my daughter, I said, um, "Would you like me to take you to the football one day?" And she just looked at me and said, "No." <laughs> so. I'm really going to go big on the football with him, Rob. Well, exactly. That's what you've got to do. I mean, what's weird is some blokes, and it's a bit more of a geezery, testosterone sort of alpha response to be like, oh, when you said, oh, you, like, even if they just see you at a party or like a gathering and then you've got two girls going, oh, when are you going for the board then? You're like, I'm not. I don't, I don't, and they're like, yeah, don't you worry. I don't, and I really, I'm new, and I'm not sort of saying it, you know, like, I just, I'm not, I really wasn't bothered. I was actually, because we had, I've got four brothers and yeah. they've got boys as well. I was just like, I actually, I found it quite nice. And it's sort of one step removed from you, isn't it? I also think like, because I was thinking this before having, before we knew we were having a boy, I was thinking, I quite like the narrative of like, oh, it's a house of women. And then there's me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then to be fair, like, it's whatever it is. It's fine and you'll love it. So it doesn't really matter at all. And the well, one of the positives of two girls is oh swimming, going swimming with as a family. Oh off you go, you three. I'll just go and get changed near alone. <laughs> While you're drying their air, Lou, I'll just have a quick steam. Yeah? Is that all right? And then meet you in the car. But I th- I think as well, that stems from a thing where older generations will be like, I'm a bloke, I go to the pub, we go football, you're a woman, you go to shopping and stuff like that, or you go for treatments. But do you know what? On a cold winter's day, I'd much rather go for a massage and get a pedicure than go and watch Arsenal. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? On any day. I found whenever I used to go and watch the football, my main question before we did anything was like, what are you wearing? What kind of layers are you going for? Because we all know at the football, you can either be too hot or far too cold. And it's very difficult to get the layers right of football. But when I had this discussion in the pub, not many other geezers were into it. No, they're not into layering discussions, Rob. But don't worry, you're now hanging out with me rather than the rugby team. Exactly. So I'm up for discussing these Is things. cock or ball? No, gilet or hoodie. What are you wearing? <laughs> Do you know my... The, the thing is also, Rob... It is colder at Plymouth because there's not, not saying this for a fact, there's not as many people, so you're not huddling <laughs> for warmth. Plymouth have been doing social distancing at games for 25 years. Exactly, mate. Wait, there's not a sniff of corona around home Plymouth Park. is pandemic ready. <laughs> um, on football. Yep. So when the, the Euros happens and the world reopens. Yes. Everyone's been going mad for this all week, understandably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has been a bittersweet announcement for me, Rob. Oh, yes. So so when it, all the world opens, will you sort of have a three-week-old child, essentially, potentially? A month old, I'd say, to maybe four or five weeks. So what would you prefer? Because really, April I'd prefer the, the world to stay closed till about November. Thank you very okay. much. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. But would you prefer the baby come a couple of weeks earlier or a couple of weeks late? So would you rather the baby come earlier? So in June, the baby's a bit older and easier, or... Comes a few weeks late, so you can basically get boozing out your system late April. No, because because when you've got a child that's coming late, you can't booze anyway. No, because you, just in case. Yeah, just yes. in case. So ideally, early. Early. Ideally. Now. About two months ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, so all the football. Do you know what's good, though, Josh? You are going to get... But the football, I'm going to get to watch a lot of the football. Exactly. And it's on at the right time. What I would say is, though, it's a bit unfortunate it's not a World Cup that's in, like, Japan, where you could watch all the night games in a feed. That must have been... Someone must have... 
what's the dream? Is like a newborn, the start of like the Sydney Olympics. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's the absolute dream. That is the dream, isn't it? That is. Oh, you're just up all night javelin, getting into weightlifting just because oh, it's on. Yeah. You're awake and it feels like you're part of something. But that's going to be good. You can you can do a lot of the the baby stuff. So what are you what are your plans for June twenty first? Well, so when I had our second, when we had our second, well, Lou had our second. Okay, but yeah. she was very young. It was the world, I, I don't think anyone spotted that, Rob. I think you got away yeah, with no. that. <laughs> but we when she was about four months old, I remember going down to her nan and granddad's in Portsmouth, and it was the World Cup, and we had like a four month old, and it was very loud in the garden. Everyone socialising, but there was like proper football on. Like a proper game. It was like the semi-final. Like, I can't remember who it was. And I was like, oh, let me take the baby in there because she needs to sleep. And she didn't. She was wide awake, but I was just rocking her in front of the football yeah. on the telly. So yeah. you can. It's a great yeah. time to sort of yeah. just watch the football. So I, I think that's that's what you've okay. got to focus on. That's my big hope. My only worry is like an England game, trying to do a bedtime, trying to, well, yes. trying to get the baby down, knowing an England game's about to start, that kind of thing. I think you will just have to say, uh, Rose, you've got to take this. It's England. I think I need to build up a lot of goodwill in the bank before England get into the latter stages of the tournament. So at the last World Cup, I went to watch a few, a couple of games, uh, a part of Riley's Sports Bar in central London by, right. by Trafalgar Square, right? Yeah. Horrific place, but great atmosphere. Yeah, so I went and watched the Columbia game there, which was one of the greatest nights of my life, right? I went mental. Yeah. It was incredible. And then the next game was Sweden. But I'd agreed to look after the kids that day, right? So I had both of them, okay? So I'd sorted like the three-year-old out with an iPad, and then I had a six-month-old that needed feeding, and I was watching the Sweden game. But I actually, at one point, poured milk into its ear. <laughs> Because I wasn't looking, I sort of just found a hole and it had milk in its ear because I've not loads, but yeah. enough for the baby to go. That's not on. Why are you pouring milk in my ear? That is so. Isn't that is not okay? But I blame um, I blame England. So I, where was, I was Lou watching the game? No, she was out for the afternoon. I was trying to say there's so oh, many come afternoons. On. You can't come be out. on. This is a once in two year thing. Exactly. And she was like, "Well, I'm out for the afternoon. I booked it in ages ago." So she, I think she's having like brunch with friends, and I had two kids in the Sweden game. But um, anyway, I, I went to watch the Croatia one, which was quite sad. I'd find it if England win the Euros. Oh my god! It's like God is testing me. That the thing. I've wanted my whole life, and I'm it's combined with a baby. You're gonna have to just take a dog out sentence because if England won the Euros, <laughs> I mean, I would just go, Lou, I'm gone. I'll yeah. be back in two days. <laughs> Feel free to throw this back in my face forever. Whatever you've got planned for me, abuse wise or punishment, let me. I'll take it on the chin. It's a bit like, like an old school bank robber. You go, look, earn, earn two million. I'll take fifteen years inside. I'm happy. <laughs> For the sentence, you, I think you just got to do that, and I think yeah. someone sort of Rose is aware of that and go like, if we, if it is the final of the Euros, I'm not here. Yeah, and I think you just got to be straight up about that. Well, last last World Cup, we watched games in our garden, so I that's just, fine. But if you're trying to get a baby down for a nap, yeah, you just can't do that with a baby in the house. Would it be rude to say that I'll be watching the games in the garden, but Rose and the baby are going to need to go out? I don't think I, th- I don't think you can send the child out. <laughs> I think you may need to leave. Why don't you go to a pub nearby so you're not out the house to... I mean, I love the way you're, you've just told the world you're having a new kid and we've done 20 minutes and now you're going to watch the football. And the most stereotypical... It's not awful, Josh. It's the truth. You cannot lie to yourself. This is what people like about us, Rob. 
We're, we're honest about our concerns. Right, let's, I'm, gonna, I'm throwing this down now. The birth of your children or England winning the Euros, we all know what the better day is. The birth's awful. It's not even near it as a good day. Anyone who says the birth is the best day of their life. They've had a shit life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we've, I mean, we've covered this before, but it is tough, bare minimum, for all concerned, including the baby. Where was the rest of your life? Guantanamo Bay? What are you talking about the best day of your life? <laughs> Anyway, but so that so or what you could do is we could try and set up a kid friendly Euros thing in my garden, so you could come to mine and then we could watch it in the garden because I've got a telly in the garden. But there's kids there ruining it, and you can't have a drink. Yeah, it's just difficult, <laughs> isn't it, Rob? I'm also worried about June the twenty first, Rob, the day when everyone goes on the lash. Yeah, because that feels like it's a it's going to be a pop cultural day. I mean, I might. Yeah, where yeah. were you? I think I might be in Furnos Clapham or the venue New Cross. I might go yeah, well, the, so at least there's someone I can't be jealous of. <laughs> there's going to be a point where, I, do you know how many people are going to go to a nightclub who haven't been to a nightclub for 20 years and stay there for about an hour, tops, maybe 10 minutes and go, do you know what, I hate this. It's going to be awful, Rob, that day. It's going to be Twat Monday. That's what Twat it's going Monday. to be. Well, I've not actually booked anything, but, oh, there's great games on that day. Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. North Macedonia? Have they split Macedonia in two? I didn't know that. Is there, North, is there a North and South Macedonia? How the fucking hell? How, how can Macedonia not get to the Euros, but North Macedonia can? <laughs> how shit were the South Macedonians at football? Was it like you have to have half each? <laughs> Finland, Belgium, Russia, Denmark. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to watch any of them. But then the next day is an England game. 22nd. Czech Republic, England at Wembley and State. Yeah, I don't, you, I don't know what you're going to do here, mate. I think you're going to have a terrible summer. And a great <laughs> one, obviously, because you're having your beautiful child. It'd be wonderful. It will be magical. But yeah. also, uh, there'll be WhatsApp groups where I'll be being sent pictures of people absolutely lashed. I, I'm going to say that's going to be tough. I've Well, I've got an idea. This is what you need to do. You need to... Before the Euros, right, and when Rose is comfortable leaving the, the, the child, maybe book her like a spa day or an overnight or there's a good place in in Reading called Nirvana Spa, right, where you drive out and it's like a, it's got everything in there that you can spend the day there and then come back. It's only a day thing. And then book her stuff like that in and then you go, oh, I'm going to just go and watch the football next Tuesday. Yes. And and then she it's does okay. listen to this podcast, so we'll see how it all goes. I've got I've got it for you. Hey, it'll be really good to your parents. It'll be really good to see you once all the guidelines are lifted. How, do you fancy? And then just send them options to stay overnight for the, when the England games are on. Yes. Right. Have we done too long on this? Yeah, because I do need to ask some more questions about having a baby. Yeah. What do you want to ask? I've forgotten everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to remember what it's like. And I just don't even, I was, I was thinking like, when do they get into a routine of like napping? And I thought, I've got no clue. Everything has gone from my mind that I did. I yes. can't remember any of it. I can't remember any of it. What, what I would say is it's easier because your life's already changed to a point, isn't it? It's not like new thing, and you're not really trying to do things. What we did when we had the first one was like trying to do things we normally would do, but just with a baby, and it just didn't work, right? But now you've accepted you can't, you know, enjoy yourself. I accept my life's over. Um, but what I would say, stuff like nap, they don't nap for as long as the first one did because they want to stay up with the older one and stuff like that. It is, I'd say, harder, but easier. So the actual challenge is harder, but because you're more aware of it and used to it, it makes yeah. it easier. Well, you're going to be more confident, right? You're not just constantly panicked yes 
you are going to be more confident. But if we, if you put this as like a boxer, right? When you have your first fight, you're a bit nervous. You don't know what you're doing. Even if you've got the skills, you're not confident enough, right? But with the second one, you've got your skills, you're confident, you're Canelo, you're Mayweather, you're riding high, but you're fighting two boxers at the same time. <laughs> so that's that's what I'd say is difficult. So I've got some thoughts on this, right? Okay, tell me your thoughts. I had forgotten how much babies sleep. Yes. So do you get you get quite a lot of breaks, don't you? Yeah, I would say yes. Because obviously now it's 24-7. Well, not 24-7. <laughs> I think you need to go to a doctor if she's awake all night. <laughs> <laughs> they do sleep quite a lot, I think. But I think what happens is, though, it's that kind of thing where that bit's quite easy, but then the uh, the eldest gets a bit jealous and then you split. And what, what happens is it, it never marries up. So they do sleep, but then when they're sleeping, the other one will be awake or something. So if you're lucky, it might yeah. be, it's impossible to sort of match it all up. But they do, yeah, they are a bit of stuff like when they start teething and you can't explain oh, to them while they're... Oh, God. Yeah, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be fine. What, what bits are you looking forward to most that I'm going to be going through, Right, Rob? okay. So um, I think it's going to be tiredness. Because yeah. you, you wear it on your face and sleeve, tiredness. Yeah, I do. You yeah. know if Josh Whittaker's tired. You know what I mean? You could tell. Also, my daughter, she would scream for about three hours every night before going to sleep because of colic. Yes. Which was horrific. But when she went to sleep, she was always doing five and a half, six hours from the off. That's good. That was good. So I never had that two hour, two hour, two hour thing that some people go through. Yeah. I, I'd say the first bit's knackering because you're just exhausted, right? But it isn't actually that hard because they're sleeping and stuff like that, but yeah. you're just tired. And before, we'd both be awake going, oh, are they okay? But now you sort of go, just do shifts and go, you make sure you get sleep and I'll do the night shift. Where before, yeah. I'd be doing the night shift and Lou would be over my shoulder going, oh, is she okay? Because you worry more about the first yeah. one. And the reality is they're fine. So I think that'd be fine. What I found the hardest was, and other people may agree or disagree, but I don't want to be that, oh, actually, I've got two kids person because I hate those people. You know, the people that have got like a kid three days older than yours and go, well, as I'm, you know, a more experienced parent, yeah, yeah. fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, but what I found hardest, and I only can speak from personal experience, is when they're like, one to 18 months where they can walk around and they want to explore stuff, but they have got no ability to do it. You know, so they, they keep falling over, yeah, they yeah, run into yeah. stuff, they can't really communicate, so they get frustrated, they climb stuff. And you know, you've got to be on, and then the elder one goes, yeah, come and do this with me. So you've got to be like Hawkeye the whole oh, time. But when they're a baby, they just sit, don't yeah. they, and play. So that's fine. The first six months, and I would suggest once it opens, you're better off doing a holiday earlier when they're like six months old because all they do is sit in the pram and one of you can play with the other one. But when they get to about one and they're just tottering around, but they're not really upright, yeah. it, it, that's when it's like you constantly got to Because you're so relaxed because you've got an older one, you go to a park now, you just let her run off, don't you, and climb yeah. and stuff. But now, when there's like a one-year-old, you're like, oh, my God, and you're trying to watch two at once. That's what I find hardest when you're on your own and you've got to watch two at once. So but, so your point is that the start is actually not the difficult bit. No, no, no you're tired, but it's not... Hard, it's not sort of like labor intensive but what i would say is once they get to 18 months to two years and they're more confident you are plain sailing because they play together and then they just they can just go on the swings together or whatever it is you're not on it but there's a six month period where you are like sort of like a meerkat you're a spotter oh my word <laughs> it's it's very exciting i'm very excited but yeah. it is that thing of it is so unknown do you know what i mean oh yeah. and here's something rob yeah I think the worst phrase in the English language is, are you looking forward to meeting him? Uh, oh, fuck off. 
Awful, awful, awful. Yeah, in 37 years' time when he's finally found out who he is. Yeah, meeting him. <laughs> I'm wiping him. his ass, mate. I'd be looking forward to meeting Paul McCartney. <laughs> you probably have to start wiping his ass soon. <laughs> but uh, the baby was born. Like You don't like, here's your baby, shake his hand. Good to meet you. Lovely to meet you. It makes my skin crawl, that No, phrase. yeah, exactly. The problem is... Most people have kids and most people are cringy arseholes, aren't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Most people are awkward and a bit like, get away from me. Whereas we're the kind of people that, on the announcement that someone's having a baby, talk for 20 minutes about how we're going to go and watch the Euros. Right. People like this because we are honest, Josh. Okay? How would I would not be listening to this if you're like, oh my God, Josh, you look, you look to me, him. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, so, oh, do you reckon you'll have hair? Lots of hair like you. <laughs> Shut up. Back off. You're boring. Just because it is something beautiful doesn't mean you have to be so, like, gushing about it. You're allowed to not care about something so important. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so we'll, what we'll do, we'll follow my uh, emotional journey through this. Do you reckon you'll get in the newspaper? Do you reckon this will get the man online? What? Widdicombe's going to struggle to watch Euros 2020? <laughs> I've got, I don't want to steal your uh, baby announcement, Thunder, but I need a new desk, I need a new chair, and, I, and, I've, and I'm thinking about getting one of those angled things you put your laptop in so you don't hurt your neck oh have you been doing too much stiff necking i'm not a stiff necker i'm a stoop necker i'm stooping oh. i'm getting a little hunched i'm sort of hunched over are you working on your laptop yeah rob yeah what you need is you need to buy a proper computer like you're in an office you can't do that can you do is that what i need <laughs> yeah I buy another computer you're earning this is like the weirdest gp ever i've got a bad neck buy a desktop <laughs> I can sort that. Have you two grand? New laptop, new computer. You can't, you can't hunch over a laptop, Rob. That's how I'm writing my book. You're getting gonna get a stiff neck. Fuck! And I need, yeah, because even if I had the chair, it's the laptop's the problem, isn't it? It's the laptop that's the problem. Oh shit! Oh my god, I'm becoming a stiff neck. You're gonna become before you know it, Rob. You're gonna win the bloody Edinburgh Award. I'm gonna start writing my jokes down on paper soon. No, don't go that far. No, I'm not, not, I'm not insane, mate. Write no. it down. You're mental. What's that? Your tour's coming up. You've rescheduled dates. You haven't done it in two years. What's your show? Oh. It's in there, mate. Somewhere in the old canister. <laughs> mate, I'm dreading. I the tour returning in autumn. I need to do I need oh. to heavily think about this. <laughs> he's got he's not done his show for two years. He's got a newborn. Bring it on. Post-COVID oh Whittacombe. Oh That'll my be great. word. I might come to one of your first ones. But we'll do warm-up gigs and we'll we'll, we'll do warm-up gigs. Look, yeah, um, be fine. Speaking as someone who suffers from a stiff neck. Yeah. You've got two options here. Yeah. You don't need a new desk or a new chair. Have you got an office chair? No, I haven't. I've just got like one I've got from like TK Maxx. But that's 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 not the problem. The problem is... No, but it's not an office chair. It's like it's literally one that you'd have like in the corner of like a boutique hotel chair. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, you do not... need to change that. But mostly, you need to be looking straight ahead. Like you're driving. No, I'm not. At the moment, I'm looking, I'm looking down like I'm talking to a dog. You're going to need to get your screen okay. up to eye height. So... It's amazing that the, the change of roles, you're getting a stiff neck and I'm getting a second child. I know, it's insane, isn't it? It's obvious who's having more sex. We're slowly turning into each other. Yeah, we are, aren't we? We're morphing into one. Oh, can I ask one more question on the uh, having another kid thing? <laughs> yeah, go for it. I don't know what you asked me, like, I know anything, but yeah, sure, fire away. So my daughter's very excited about it. Yes. But I'm not kidding myself that that means that she's going to take it well 
when the child is born. D- does she know it's a boy? Yeah. Yeah, because I think sometimes they're like, when we mention having another kid or something, they'll go, as long as it's a girl or like, you know, something like that. So as oh, long right. as she knows, that's quite good. But I think you need to get a present. So when he first comes home, he brings a present. Yeah. And what's it like in those first couple of months? What's the older child's role like? Do they... To be fair, they love... They, she, well, she was a bit younger, ours when... Because there's only a two-year yeah. gap. What would it be, a four-year gap or three-year three gap? Three-year gap. Oh, so not, not much in it. But yeah, she, we let her hold, hold her and she really liked it and stuff. And to be fair, she sort of just busied around her because the, the kid doesn't do anything for the first six months. It's just in a cot or in a pram. So she was sort of... Well, it was almost like having just taken like an inanimate object around with you because the baby doesn't do anything. Yeah. But then when she got a bit older, she was like engaging and stuff. And then they start trying to play with them when they're a bit too young to play with and stuff. So was there much jealousy over the time constraints of the mother? Not, no, not particularly because we sort of split, we split it sort of quite well and we made sure that she was doing things and we were like taking her out for trips. So she sort of got special days of like mummy or daddy days yeah. where we'd take her out rather than trying to, rather than trying to do things with both of them, we sort of just would take her out somewhere. Yeah. So she had some like special attention time and stuff. But um, yeah, she was, I think it's because she was already at nursery, which was good. No, she wasn't at nursery. We delayed nursery because we didn't want to start at nursery. So I think it's quite good that she goes to nursery already because then that's Ooh. her place she goes. We yeah. were worried about, you know, she was due to start nursery when the, se- the second one was born. So we didn't want to go, right, new baby's here, off you go to somewhere alien. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it's quite good that she has her nursery. And on those days when she's not, you can do things with her and stuff. Yeah. So I think it'd be fine. If people want to send in your your top tips, stroke, biggest cock-ups you made at the start of having a second child, I mean, I'm more interested in the second ones, obviously. Yeah, don't, uh, I don't want I don't want some self-righteous dickheads going, uh, no, 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 no tips. You know I mean? All right, so what we want is... Um, not horror stories. Yeah, horror stories. Much, not like no, no, no. a true crime one. No, no, exactly. <laughs> not Agatha Christie. Like my, evil, my evil eldest kid yeah. story, none of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but um, yeah, any, any time it's gone wrong, it'd be great. I do have, I don't know if you want them now. Um, yeah, let's do, do them now. But I've got um, a couple of um, low moments in lockdown stories. Oh, we do yeah, those that have come yeah. in on Instagram. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan of these. So this one is from Jessica Hodgson. She said, hi, Rob and Josh, huge fan of the podcast. It's dragging me through this weird time in history. I have a lockdown low point for you. We had our third baby in November 2019. So when the first lockdown hit, we were in the middle of sleepless nights, breastfeeding, punanis, and the list goes on. Punanis. Oh, yeah, the mental poos that go up on their back. Oh, my God, yeah. You forgot about them, didn't you? Yeah. They're coming, oh, boy. Those Rob. big tarry yellow ones. So many things that I was thinking the other day about that weird bit that hangs off the belly button for the first week. Oh, yeah. I'd completely <laughs> yeah. forgotten about that. We lost it. It was off when I was changing. I went, it's gone. I went, oh, did it fall off? Did you take it? No, I haven't had it. We couldn't find it anywhere. Anyway, we did the washing. We found it in a baby grow. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. That was one of the bits I didn't find particularly magical. It's so medical the first few weeks. Yeah. You don't realise it. Um, and then, like, if they don't do a poo for a couple of days, like, oh, my God, they've not done a poo. And you're like, they'll shit eventually. Oh, my God. All this constant bloody rashes. Right. <laughs> putting a glass on it. You're putting a glass on a rash for six yeah. months. <laughs> oh, that fucking pigeon keeps eating my flowers. I don't remember that bit. Oh, sorry. I got distracted. <laughs> fat bastard pigeon that just anytime anything flowers in the garden eats it. I, know, I didn't know a pigeon would eat a leaf. What kind of pigeons eat leaves? Sorry, here we go. Um, anyway, so Poonani, this is uh, Jessica's low point. 
because they've got three kids, all very young. Anyway, my husband decided that for something to do in lockdown and liven up the dinner rota, we'd eat food from a different country that the kids chose each week and he'd made it from scratch. This was both cunning and sly because he made a three-course meal each time with various preparation layers, oh. basically securing him four to five hours of oh. I'm busy. Can you keep the kids at the kitchen time oh, each week? Mate. Plus that I'm planning, insert country name here, dinner. Can you give me half hour? Ah. Right. So the kids obviously hated everything he made as it wasn't chicken nuggets and chips. Yeah, of course. And after I'd been lumped with the kids for most of the day, I was hoping every piece of paper he touched would give him a paper cut. (laughs) (laughs) Quite petty, but I can understand how you feel. Two, three children in lockdown. He picked up on the very subtle, keep leaving me with the kids and I'll murder you in your sleep vibes, and asked if I'd like to prep cook that week's meal. Yes, please. So I selected my recipes, did the online shop. Jobs are good. Um, obviously, she's very tired and stressed at this point. Yeah. She's uh, she's telling them. Three kids, one new one, lockdown. Delivery day. And I'm somewhat tired as for whatever reason, all three kids have decided that the night before they would not sleep at all. Shopping arrives. I put bits and pieces away. I get to one of the ingredients I've got in for my Madagascan meal. Oh, my God. Come on, mate. <laughs> Some of the special vinegar. And, <laughs> and so they've ordered this some kind of special Madagascan vinegar. Okay, and this is one of those yeah. things where you know when you cook a meal, yeah, and you think this is good because I'm cooking a meal. It's not a takeaway. I'm cooking this elaborate meal from a country that doesn't have the same ingredients as us. Yeah, and you spend three times as much money because <laughs> yeah. you need a teaspoon of Madagascan vinegar. I know. Also, to be fair, the only thing the Madagascans can do, in my knowledge, is vanilla. That's all I've ever heard. I've never heard of anything else from Madagascar. No, I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a chosen cuisine. But let, but let, let's yeah. see how she does. Anyway, so she's doing this Madagascar meal, and she's ordered this special Madagascan vinegar, and it's not one of our usual groceries we've had. So there's no designated storage space in any cupboards for Madagascar vinegar. This was clearly too much for my brain to handle. Cue tears and tantrum. As a fully grown mother of three, I sat in the middle of my kitchen floor crying, clutching vinegar, (laughs) sobbing to my utterly bemused husband that there's nowhere for the vinegar to live. (laughs) Oh, God. It's so funny because it's obviously so pointless, but at that moment, it becomes something so deep. You can just imagine that absolute moment of complete kind of, just everything's become too much. (laughs) Did she say how the meal went? I don't think they did it. <laughs> I don't think they did. I've got one. I've got one more here as well um, from Karina. Um, hi, Rob and Josh. Just finished listening to Friday's episode where you discuss motion sensor lights. Unbeknown to us, when we bought it, our current home has motion sensor lights in our bathroom. Initially, we thought we'd one parenting and come across the best hack ever. As the motion sensor meant our toddler could go to the toilet at night or early morning without us having to leave the landing light on permanently as the bathroom lights come on as you step onto the landing. All was well and good until the night our son needed a number two. He'd been sat on the toilet for so long that he was plunged into darkness and screamed the house down. (laughs) The scream was a type that makes your blood run gold and it left me with heart palpitations. Needless to say, the motion sensor lights quickly came off our winning at life list. Love the podcast. Gives me a a laugh on my even my lowest dates. Thank you, Karina. I mean, yeah, have you ever been plunged into darkness? I hate those motion sensor lights. 
in, in like public, public toilets. toilets. Oh my god, it's awful. Isn't it? And when they're outside of the cubicle, and you're basically sat on the toilet, yeah, like, swinging your arms around. <laughs> I was. Like you're on a roller coaster. I, I once took a jumper off and swung it around my head like I was at a concert. <laughs> and I'd be like, this guy's really getting this one out. Um, lovely stuff that was. Josh, I'm so excited for you. This is Emily and Rose. And, I am. Uh, your I'm daughter. genuinely, I'm very excited. And yes. I just kind of looking forward to it. But the last bit of the pregnancy is slow, isn't it? I would say, say to Rose, why don't you do the nights and then I'll do the days and you can sleep in and then you just have the football on, holding the baby and an iPad for your daughter. That is how I'd approach the whole month of June. Well, we'll see how it goes. Do you know there must be some people who, at moments of very important sporting events, there must be some sports fans, there are people giving birth at those moments. Or you like? Was, did you miss your team? Like, if you're a Liverpool fan, did you miss like the comeback at, at Istanbul because you were doing a night feed? Or did you yeah. miss Murray Wimbledon winning Wimbledon because you're, you're, you needed to change a nappy? There must have been huge, like m- huge moments of sporting things that you've you've missed. When is your kid taking you away from a moment of sporting glory? Yeah. Or a wedding? Did you miss? Did you miss a wedding ceremony because your kid went mental or something? I love like, the kid going mental. A wedding ceremony. It's my absolute favourite. You know why I love it? it? Because children are truth, and everyone in there is going, fucking get on with it. I want something yeah. to eat and drink. Come on. And they, But kids don't have that social pressure to not say that. Exactly. Um, do you know what we're going to do on Friday, Rob? What are you going to do? We're going to open one of those presents that Rose hasn't sent to her cousins. Yes! She's not done it. Quality. Not done it. I've got a text from the cousin like... last yeah. night. Yep. He said that he can't wait to hear what presents he would have got opened live on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, this is great. Oh, I can't wait. Um, See you Friday then, Josh, for the present. See you Friday. See you later, people.